My name is Mark Copes. I'm Andrew Baxter. And this is Puppies oh, and Water. How's it going, Copes? Gone great. Enjoying this uh, new software. It'll be very interesting to see if we can actually get a proper episode through. What do we use? It's called Zencaster, isn't it? Zencaster. So shout out to Zencaster. This uh, podcast is recorded on it. Do you want to quickly explain to the boys and girls at home, Copes, um, why we're using why we're using Zencaster? Well, I, I was on a, I was lucky enough to be on a, a guest on a podcast a couple of weeks ago, and part, the way I got on was because I sponsored a Kickstarter that I have a Noah raising money for, I guess, new microphones and software. I'd never heard of this thing called this, this Zencaster software, but it looks like it, it runs in a in a browser. And if I wasn't using an Italian sim hotspotted through a, a gap in a door, it'd probably work a lot better than what it is at the moment. <laughs> but um, pretty cool that you record straight in the browser, you're recording yours, and, and then once we're done it, it uploads it all together. So it does the job of, a, of approximately three monkeys, probably, maybe four, which is pretty cool. What's the reason that we have suddenly decided to change the, the, uh, the platform that we're recording on? What went wrong with the last one? <laughs> I see where you're going with that. Well, contrary to popular belief in all recorded podcast history, we actually did catch up probably a month ago. Uh, a while ago, yeah. Hmm. So Nat and I were making our way through England and we happened to pass through your neighbourhood. Well, we actually made a, quite a diversion because it's in the middle of bumfunk nowhere. <laughs> but, um, stayed at your place for a while and uh, we recorded this great episode was out in the back of your place. I had we had a mini keg there. You brought your computer outside, all, all hooked up, and it was had, nice and warm in the evening. Oh, it was fantastic! It was, yeah, real, real nice summer evening. And we even Nat even talked on a bit of a segment, which is since said may never happen again. We're not sure. It was but Nat's first guest appearance, first and maybe only. And it went it went really well. And then the the one thing that happened that we wish would never happen ever to anyone and then the file just disappeared by magic so uh <laughs> just before we started recording coast uh said to me shall we shall we set, set, set a phone recording as well as a backup and i full of bravado and foolishly just said no no we'll be fine it's never gone wrong before ever which and, and, of course sets us up in that many perfectly for the first time that we finished recording we press stop I go to press save and a slightly drunk Andrew, for some reason, pressed not quite control S, pressed something else and the file was gone. And we still don't really know what the combination was because there is no combination that gets rid of it without being able to get it back. No, and control Z didn't work either. And um, I've tried recovering it and uh, do you want to hear what it sounds like? Have you got it? Well, it sounds like this. So um, <laughs> we should definitely release. That's that's not great. That's uh, I'm surprised you recovered something. That's good. <laughs> now, I think that's the so, uh, laughing at us probably. I'm still working on it, but the uh, the what what felt like a great episode at the time is possibly lost. So I'm going to sorry guys. I'm going to say it was the greatest one because we hadn't seen each other for like a year. It was all building up to it. We'd done heaps of stuff. It was a good one. It was on the last night that we, we were staying there, I believe. Uh, was right? Yeah, I think it was the last We had night. definitely like stashed up a lot of stuff ready for that moment. We'd gone loads of places, yeah. So uh, that's the lost. That, that's one of the lost episodes. Who knows? Maybe it'll be. Maybe one day it'll be released. But 
You just heard what it sounds like right now. No, hold on, you're there. <laughs> I lost you for a bit. You see, every now and then you sound like R2-D2. But that's a, that's I feel like we should probably, I feel like I should apologize for that and uh, we should move on. <laughs> no, so no. what have you been doing more recently, Copes? Well, I think it's funny you are. Today actually was the, a big, the first big day. I got, uh, I'm gearing up for the Caltexas Kickstarter, the calendar Kickstarter, which some people listening may have heard about previous years. This is the fourth year we're crowdfunding it and uh yes yeah, so today was all about getting the campaign page ready and setting up the reward tiers and making it all look pretty and i'm pretty happy with it it's looking pretty pretty fine just got approved today so i got to uh, finish up some things and then it's then it's good for launch in a couple of weeks so that's the big actually by the time this goes out it'll either be really be launching tomorrow or if we're a bit behind schedule, it'll be currently be in process. So go to Kickstarter and search for CowTexas or CowTexas.com. Or if we're really late like usual, it's over and I'm sorry you can't get it anymore. <laughs> Bad luck. <laughs> <laughs> well, so we'll see how that works. Is, is a very possible, very possible outcome. <laughs> yep, yep. So, yeah, that's, that's so hopefully been, that didn't happen. That's, uh, that's, that's been me uh, today. What have you, what you been doing with yourself? Well, I, I believe the last episode we released, I mentioned that I had some races coming up that I was about to enter. One that we talked about in great length in the missed episode. Yeah, because uh, you came to crew me for it, uh, and I took you up to the Lake District. I believe you had a pretty good time. It was all right. It was, it was not it bad. It was all right, yeah. <laughs> pretty much everyone we talked to from England says like the Lake District is their favorite place. Yeah, so we went there, had an awesome weekend. I ran a race. They're called Man vs. Lakes, which was the second in the series of uh, three races, the Man vs. series. And two days ago, I did the Man vs. Mountain race. Bloody hell. So I've now finished the series, and I've got medals. Oh, they come in the mail. Good stuff. Uh, so the, the one from that didn't arrive for Man vs. Lakes did arrive in the post. The other one I managed to get on the day. So now I have my Triforce. And they all, they all of the, stick uh, together? Yeah, they do. They so look glorious. You can summon some kind of Power Ranger, I'm pretty sure. Is that how it works now? I'm pretty sure that's how it works. Uh, so I'm sure Coates will attach a picture to the show notes so you can see. Uh-huh. But uh, it, I, the medals for the three different races fit together into a bigger medal. And uh, yeah, it was, it was pretty good. Over, over the three races, it was more than 100 kilometers distance. And, this, and uh, it was very steep. This, uh, so this most recent one, Man vs. Mountain, was over Snowdon in Wales. And that wasn't even all of the ascent. <laughs> My phone goes off. Is that your phone ring? <laughs> uh, I'm not going to answer that. <laughs> <laughs> That's classic. Yes, that that is my phone. My phone ringtone. I have the puppies and watermelon. That's actually really awesome. <laughs> do you um do you answer it and say my name is Andrew Baxter? Well, no. <laughs> but I also have my ring. Fo- my uh my desk phone at work has the same same ringtone. Uh, that took like an afternoon to set up, so that, that took a lot of effort. That was definitely worth company time. That's great. <laughs> the best bit is that I managed. To, I wasn't the only person working on this because we based. Uh, like, I I just asked. Oh, because everyone else had like custom returns, so I just idly asked, "How do you change it over?" And that turned into a conversation of, "We can't really remember. Let's try and work it out." And then we spent about an hour and a bit just um, changing the ringtone on my on my phone. It is a pretty upbeat ringtone, I'd imagine. 
It, yeah, it catches me off as well because I don't get called very often. So when I do get when I do get a phone call, it doesn't have to make me jump. Did I ever tell you just a slight everyone else's slight detour? Did I ever tell you about the the best ringtone? Oh, sorry, the best alarm sound that has ever graced this planet? No, no, do tell, do tell. When, when I was working at summer camp in the states, had this just cheap ass Nokia phone from Walmart, and it had this uh, ringtone called Ocean. It had nothing to do with Ocean, but it was just kind of a little bit of an upbeat upbeat ringtone, kind of kind of like the theme tune, I guess. And you could set it as your alarm, and I set it as my alarm. And the thing with kids is you can tell them anything, and as long as you say it with enough authority and lo- enough confidence, they they just believe you. And I told them that there'd been some scientific studies, and this ringtone was um, Nokia's kind of like calling card of the most effective alarm. So that when you hear it, instead of wanting to snooze, you just instantly wake up happy and smiling and ready to get up. And okay, already sounds like bullshit. Yeah, <laughs> completely. In the first couple of mornings, I just like uh, went with the went with the flow and pretended that was it. And if you know me at all, I'm definitely not a morning person. And Nat is over in the corner chuckling to herself because she knows how true this is. <laughs> but um, yeah, I just got up and and they believed it. And we used it all summer on camping expeditions. And they all begged me to use the alarm. And when they listened to it, they just all got up and got to work. It was amazing. It was the best thing ever. <laughs> But this last one, was it Man versus Mountain? Man versus Mountain, yes. And it's essentially so, going up and down a hill. Uh, a mountain, yeah. Mountain, well, probably a hill. But I could tell you right now, it was definitely a mountain. Which bit's, like, which bit's the slower bit? What do you mean, which bit's like, the slower you, bit? You the up or the down? The first half takes longer or the second half takes longer? Let me, see, let me try and think. So the whole thing took me six and a half hours. That was for, for to do 35 kilometers, including about two kilometers of climbing so two sorry two thousand meters of ascent over the whole thing most of which was just actually climbing snowden itself because snowden's just over a thousand meters high and we started at sea level so it was it was a i took three and a half hours i think to get to the summit Mm -hmm. and that was about 20 to 23 kilometers in i had another 10 10 to 12k left which took me quite a while because it turns out running down a mountain if you try to go out too hard it gets really tiring my my legs don't really work at the moment because i i tell you what having to go downstairs mm-hmm. is actually a real it's, it's a it's an ordeal for me right now i have to build up to it all day at work i mean trying to thinking oh, i would really go for a cup of coffee but the kettle's downstairs <laughs> And is it your thighs or your calves or like your ears? Which bit is it? So my quads just every now and then just stop working. And it's kind of like they either seize up or they just completely give out. If if I'm walking, it looks like every now and then like I'm just going to, I don't know, just Just fall over. A bit of an Elvis like shake the knees dance. Oh, very much, yeah. Every now and then a knee just suddenly pops out for no reason. So were people in the race just like uh, in – out of nowhere, just crumbling to the ground. Like, how are people going during the race? Yeah, I did see a couple of people having to just stop and sit down for a while, but um, I actually feel like I did quite well in that when as we were climbing up. So obviously the hard bit was climbing up because that take, it takes a lot of effort. And you go, you were going quite slowly, but I felt quite strong going through all of that. So I was passing the slower people. I, uh, other there were some people who passed me, and I should point out that my time wasn't particularly quick. There were some people who finished it uh, two and a half hours quicker than I did, but um, don't you hate those people? Like, uh, yeah, yeah, just back, they're showered, they're relaxed, and, and some of them look like they haven't even raced. 
Well, genuinely, was by the last obstacle, as I was waiting for my bag to get carried across the river, there was a guy there talking to someone about how his time, he, had, he wasn't quite happy with his time because he, uh, I, on the last climb, he'd had someone run past me, he'd been walking and stuff. And I'm like, what do you mean? You're like, you look like a spectator because you've already, he's he clearly already showered, changed, got a coffee, got bored, wandered over to the last obstacle to chat to someone. <laughs> so, 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 and also, my crew, they're, they're there to, uh, she's there to, to look after me and uh, missed me, missed the finish. <laughs> Which is because very, the tracking wasn't very, working. Very possible. Like, I remember we were sitting there in, in the tent site, and the tent, tent site was like uh, 50 meters away. And, you know, we were waiting the whole day, like, going doing stuff because your rest is going for hours. And I was just thinking, we can't miss the finish. Like, we can't be sitting 50 meters away. And not not be there at the finish, but it is possible. Like uh, obviously, we've got got a tracking of you on maps, but that's um, you know. It, but you have no idea how good it is. Well, that's it. That's it. I mean, I, I did kind of like obviously the best best thing was for uh, for you guys to be there at the end to watch me finish. But I was also kind of hoping like I'd somehow managed to just sneak in front, like you wouldn't quite be ready, so I could finish and get to the tent and then just be all salty about it. <laughs> so you wanted to be that person. <laughs> yeah, I, I, wanted, I just wanted to walk into the tent like, so uh, I finished. <laughs> what are you guys doing? <laughs> but no, you guys did well. But this time the, the track, so I managed to finish, w- realized that, uh, that she wasn't there and went, oh, that's not good. I hope she managed to drive here okay. Uh, I don't really know what to do. Right, I'm just going to sit down for a bit. Sit down, drink my soup. Had a nap. Wonder what I'm going to do. Try and send a message. And this is in, you know, in a valley in Wales. I'm not getting any signal, so that's not working. Wonder a bit more what to do, and then go. I know. I'm going to check. I'm going to check the tracking. See where I am. See what my time was for my race. Because I'm not. I, my my watch had run out of battery. I'd forgotten. I didn't know what the time was, or what my time for finishing was. And uh, checked that, and I was like, oh, it still thinks I'm like at the top of that hill where I was an hour ago. That might be why no one's here. And then you have the sudden thought, and it's true. am I still at here? the top of the hill still? You just don't know. Well, we managed to meet up eventually, and she was annoyed that she'd missed me finish. But uh, it was, yeah, yes, I, I, I completely understood because she was waiting for me elsewhere. <laughs> like, oh, he's just going to run past in a moment. And she, uh, we, we worked it out. I think that I'd gone past that point about five minutes earlier. So uh, she didn't just miss me. Bad luck. Bad luck. So well, how you, like, um... Because there's a classic photo of me um, stretching you. <laughs> You've got one. You you collapse on the ground, holding your medal, and your eyes are almost rolled back in the back of your skull, and you're holding it up like some kind of victor slash like survivor, and then you're, you're cramping some like stretching your calves like a pro, and um, <laughs> it's a classic photo. But what were you like at the end of uh, this one? Oh, this one. Well, my legs stopped working for a bit. But I was definitely in better a better state than I was at the end of Man vs. Lakes. So Man vs. Lakes was 50 kilometers, which was so a good 15k longer. And things went wrong from basically the 10k mark. I started getting really bad blisters. There was a lot more climbing in the later part of the race. The tracks were a lot harder. So it, it, it that, that one really wore me down, and I was basically just not ready for it. Whereas this one went a lot better. So I was I was I, I was recovering, but I was very much not wanting to move for a while however we did get to go climbing afterwards oh. so i did recover fairly well <laughs> Jesus. and we went climbing the next day Jesus. i wasn't going to drive all the way to uh, north wales and then not do some climbing well if anything i'll ask we have like some a few days where we walk like twenty thousand steps and we have to take three days off and recover so i completely understand do you want to know how many steps i did that day <laughs> uh go for it 
I logged, and this is with half an hour of the race missing, I logged 51,000 steps for the day. Yep, just a normal day. It was not a normal day. My legs are still broken. It just all hurts. It just sound, it sounds so horrible and like you would never. So when's the next one? The next race is in October, but I've got beach gnats this year. No, this week. This week. So I've got well, good thing. four more days until beach gnats. Good thing running on sand won't be hard for you. Yeah, that won't be hard. It's not like I can barely walk at the moment. <laughs> I don't know how you do it. I honestly don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I will. <laughs> no idea. Tune in next time to see if I actually managed to run at all. So that's 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 what I've been up to. And uh, if we ever manage to fix it, we'll uh, we'll we'll bring the uh, the uh, in detail commentary from the lost episode. But um, have you have you been doing any any ringing of bells lately? Uh, I have not. No. Um, because interesting segue, we did do some when we were with you, and probably I'm probably an up and coming natural. Like you'll probably see me on the bell ringing circuit sooner or later. I take the job very seriously. We've been. Uh, you did, yeah. In the place here in Italy, we we hear the bells every now and then, and we just shake our heads and go amateurs. They just sound horrible. <laughs> but then we realise we have no idea, well, no idea what we're listening for. I mean, the the way they ring bells on the continent is, I'll say, different because I'm feeling nice. But it was, it was really cool when we. I don't think we talked about this in the hidden episode, but we um got to go on top of a. Uh, this is just this is just regular days for you, but the top of the church and go see the big bells up there and um climb through the roof up them through some completely safe ladders and stairways up to the very roof i did warn you and you said you were okay with heights so <laughs> no it was really fun you don't you don't get to do that on the on the tourist circuit but um it was completely different than what i thought it was going to be definitely i was afraid at all every single moment of being in that room afraid that i would suddenly at any moment be catapulted into the ceiling <laughs> It, it feels like nothing will go wrong, but for some reason I feel like everything will go wrong. Like you could just get your leg caught because that rope, once you let go of it, it goes zooming up into the ceiling. And I feel like if it just somehow wraps itself around your leg and ties a knot, like your history. Well, yeah, the rope goes through quite a small hole and it doesn't care if you're on the end of it or not. No. Uh, it's it's going to go through that hole because it's got a, a ton of, yeah, it's got a ton of bell metal on the other end of it. But it's perfectly safe if you know what you're doing. You just don't get caught up in the rope yeah but it was really fun like uh, the whole crew you were with and your, your dad was very very nice to teach us teach us show us the ropes as they say in <laughs> the ring and circles just thought of that just then pretty happy about myself oh god <laughs> <laughs> oh god i can't believe i said that but yes now what else do we do when we were there we um i oh, sorry we're using your your car you yeah you, you drove my car for a bit Right. remember speaking to you about it at the time but i'm now a little bit curious to like now you've had a bit of time to reflect on it and uh, have you driven a car since no <laughs> no oh no you haven't okay well you still you've, you've had had some time away from it so i'm curious to see what your opinions on it are now so for those that are interested i have a hyundai ionic which is a an all-electric vehicle and uh yeah copes so while you're at the to race, make things easier copes was driving some of it around the lake district so that we could share the driving yeah. so what, what did you what did you think of the car well uh the thing i have been thinking about lately is especially when you're walking around these streets around europe and you can kind of like walk on the road at night time and you always know that you'll just hear the car and when you hear the car you'll turn around and you'll move but your car is very quiet in fact it's silent <laughs> and it has a a special pretend noise making feature just to, so people don't get fooled by it 
which is pretty interesting. But it makes a noise just for the sake of making a noise, because otherwise it is very quiet. I did. I did actually when we were uh, packing up the the uh, the tent. I turned that off so that I could sneak up behind the tent. And I remember Nat just saying, "Oh, we've got to haul this all the way over to the car." Nope. Car's right behind the tent. How did that get there? So uh, I was curious if it would work. And yes, you can sneak up on people in it if you just turn the noise you off. You can murder people. It's got a proper never, stealth. They'll mode. never know what happened because if they do it quick enough, they'll never know that, that it was you that did it. So it's pretty probably good for like that. For, you know. I am tempted to try and organ- engineer a situation where I can actually see if I can drive into the back of someone's legs, not like in a <laughs> run them over sort of way. But like, if I if someone was stood there, uh, would I be able to just sneak up behind them and gently nudge them in the back without knowing I was even there? This is how it begins, right? Like people like light a match and they're like, "Oh, I like the fire. I like how it's so." Next minute, they're like setting bushfires in huge national park. I'm just saying, you got to watch yourself. You can't just tap someone back of the calves with your car, like that's that normal people do. Backstage, when I'm talking with someone about. But obviously, you got to understand. I wanted to see if they'd if they'd know I was coming. That's why I hit the person at 60 miles an hour. Could you imagine the shock? Yeah. So the things I remember from it. I won't do that. I should point out now, I would not be doing that. <laughs> Public service announcement. Things I do remember, the cool feet. I was on Skype, so you don't know this, but when I was like Skyping my, my pop after and grandparents and then the folks, I was like, I told them all the things we talked about in the podcast, like all the, all the features of the cars. And they're kind of like, cool, that sounds pretty interesting. Yeah. Wow. That's your cars, aren't the future? Like, not really interested at all. <laughs> but I was really, really singing their praises because I think, I think the features in them are pretty revolutionary. Like, the, the, one of the ones that I remember was the one where there's the simple one where there's like a light that appears on the side view mirror. So when someone's in your blind spot, the light just comes on. And also, if you have your flicker on, someone's in your blind spot, the car beeps at you to say not to turn. Two massive, like huge features that will probably save a lot of accidents because of the blind spot um, what it has it saves it stopped me changing lane like within a week of having the car there was a point where i indicated to change lane the car just went oh, i wouldn't right now and, it, and it, it worked yeah and and all these features that we're talking about like they all you can imagine how they could all be individual pieces of a puzzle that eventually form an autonomous car so that you can imagine that is a sensor where it says car if there is nothing in the blind spot. You are safe to change lanes. It's just like a check that it's doing for us, but it's, it's a manual check at the moment. But all the other things, there was um, there was like setting a distance behind a car. So if you've got cruise control, which I fought for 80% of the trip, but then finally caved in and found out it was the most amazing There was thing actually an argument in the car about making coach use cruise control. He was very anti-cruise control. <laughs> very. I was very anti-crashing Baxter's car. That's definitely the case I was in. And so you can set a cruise I was trying to turn. I was trying to reach across the steering wheel to turn it on, and Coates was fighting me off. Nothing can go wrong. So you can set a, a speed, and let's say you're setting a speed that's 70, and the car in front of you is 65. It's going to adjust automatically behind that because normally speed control this is what i was scared of is speaking it sets it at 70 and you're at 70 no matter what like something's in the way you're just going to hit it you have to be in charge of the brakes but you can set the distance from you to the car in front of you so say you're traveling 70 they're traveling 65 and you set three car lengths between you and it it's going to adjust your speed to keep that three three uh, car lengths behind this car that's at least three cars yeah it's, how, how amazing is that? Like putting on a bit of brake, putting on a bit of gas. Like if they go above 70, then you're going to start to drift behind. But then that comes into your favorite game, which is like, have you got a name for the game? 
No, no, I think you should give it a name because uh, it was you're the one that really turned it into a game as such. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, like chasing the lorry. I'm not sure. Well, we'll think of a better name, but you get these these trucks that travel less than the speed limit, so you can just set your speed limit cruise control to the speed limit, and you're sitting behind it, and it's and it's gone behind, and it's keeping its distance, and not only is it keeping its safe distance, it's also traveling slightly slower which increases your fuel mileage which is very important for your electric car because you need to get maximum distance otherwise you may be screwed especially when uh your range left is 100 well i think we had 121 miles on the range but we had 128 miles to get home i thought that was ballsy you had definitely had faith in the system (laughs) (laughs) i was was like look i know we can get the extra miles left (laughs) And I'm tired. So just go careful and see what happens. And then if we have to stop, we have to stop. But I reckon we can manage it. And you did a pretty good job. And it makes you, yeah, it makes you want to be an efficient driver because you're playing a game to see like how many stars you can get on the system, how efficient you are, and and ultimately like use ele- use less electricity, and which means spend less, which is never really a thought you have in a petrol car. You never say like, oh, I wonder how efficient I can drive today so to spend less when I when I refuel it later. Like that's never really. Which is funny because when you're driving a, a fossil fuel car, you're spending a lot more money on fuel. A lot more. So the money that we saved by driving efficiently was you know, probably a lot less than you would have saved if you were just if you're driving a petrol car and you were driving carefully, you would have saved a lot more money. But somehow it felt more serious because we were actually having like real world consequences of this. If you drive too fast, you will not make it. <laughs> yeah, that is that is it. And, and the best feature that I loved was what I'm. I'm calling like the sand tracks is when it can figure out using its sensors that where the lines are of the road and it sets your car to stay in the middle of the line. I have no doubts about it, but it like turns gradual corners as well. Like it, it, it pretends like you're in a sand track driving on the beach where you can drive out of the sand track if you're still steering well enough, but otherwise you're like, uh, you're just following the tracks. And so you combine that with staying behind a truck at a safer speed and like if you're going to turn it'll tell you like it's got all the cool things like you pretty much don't have to have your hands on the steering wheel or your feet on the pedals but you know they're they're good things to do when driving generally it's been said well at the moment it's still at the point where you have to be um the driver is still responsible for the car and you do have to be alert because it it's not perfect there's a couple of times when it will follow the wrong lines for example if there's roadworks going on it can get a bit confused when there's lots of lines over the floor yeah. and also um it won't let you just let go of the steering wheel for a long amount of time after after it if it's to suspect that you've let go of the steering wheel uh, then it will beep at you and eventually it will turn the system off because that's to stop people for example the test the driver that got arrested because he put autopilot on and then got into the passenger seat <laughs> So, you, so you're not allowed to do that, but it's, yeah. it makes it a lot easier because it suddenly it takes a lot of effort out of the uh, the grind of a drive. So when you're driving, you're having to do a lot of paying attention to your speed, paying attention to staying alone. If you can have something just assisting you along with that, suddenly it frees up a lot of brain power, and you just don't get, you don't get anywhere near as tired. Right, but the thing is, because of all these features, or because of the lack of these features, this is why I don't like traditional cruise control because if it's hurling me at 110 kilometers per hour. And I have to make sure I'm adjusting my steering wheel and I've got my foot ready on the brake in case someone suddenly comes out. All of a sudden, I'm not relaxing at all. There is zero cruising happening in my, my brain. So that's why I like I'm against it normally. But 
it definitely makes it more in, enjoyable and 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 not relaxing, but more um, easier to drive longer distances, safer. I think the pro- the problem I see coming up with this though is that um, if people abuse it in a sense of if someone like. I saw a, an interview. I'm not an, sorry, not an interview. I saw a, um, a review of the car before I got it, where the guy was explaining how, oh, it's great having this auto steer on because it means I can like open a sandwich while I'm driving, or I can just check something on my phone. Okay, that is exactly not what you should be using it for, because what's going to happen is that someone's going to get into a massive accident, and they're going. It's going to be because they're on their phone or something because they thought the car would be able to steer itself, and then everyone's going to get on how about how these cars are going to kill people because they can't actually steer themselves. But it's not. At the moment, it's not advertised as being able to steer itself. You're meant to stay alert. So it, it's it's a step towards autonomy, which is good, but it's also a dangerous area because we need to make it work. Mm-hmm. You can't get too complacent too soon. Well, soon. Give it a couple of years and cars will be fairly uh, fairly autonomous. I've said it before and I'm, and I'm getting really quite excited now. Yeah, I must admit, never had, never thought I would actually drive an electric car anytime soon. And it, um, I was impressed. It was good. Did it feel different to driving a fossil car as in what would you describe different like the shell felt like it looked and felt like a normal car like all the fittings everything the outside the inside it doesn't feel like a hollow cheap plastic thing so the the structure of the car feels the same um the power of it doesn't didn't phase me at all like some people i guess when electric cars first came out they're probably saying it's you know it doesn't have the guts of my v8 blah 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 and while while he swings their their skullet around their head, but no, I think uh, it's got enough enough responsiveness or enough power. Well, well, the difference between the so the, it's, it only has a single gear, which and also being an electric uh, electric motor, it has torque basically across the entire rev band. So that's why it doesn't need multiple gears. So in a normal petrol car, the power only really uh, gets put out between a very specific amount of revs. Whereas for an electric car, it's from from the word go, it's got power, it's got torque. So it's very good at accelerating, and it has caused. Uh, I mean, it's caused me to go a little bit faster than I was expecting. Is probably the way I'll, I'll phrase this. In that you'll be driving along, and then suddenly re- check your speed and realise that you managed to accidentally go twenty miles an hour faster than you thought you were going, because the car just quite happily just added a little more juice, and that's my defence, and I'm sticking to it. That, that was just a story you heard from a friend. That's. I think that's what you're telling me. Before. Yeah, it's a story I heard from a friend about how he was driving a car and yeah, and suddenly noticed he was going at 90 miles an hour without noticing. Yeah, friends, can't trust. Definitely, definitely not mine. No, definitely not no, mine. No, Although there was a point when um, so my my uh, one of my bosses has a Tesla, which is part of the reason I I got an EV was because the owner at work has one. I think I mentioned that before. And he uh, he did say at one point as a a road, it's a private road, so it's not on the public highway on the way to our offices and he did say to us oh you can get it to 80 down here that did not fill us with confidence because it's not a long road and he did he didn't show oh, us okay. we took we, we believed him we, <laughs> we were quite happy to just go oh yeah yeah that's fine oh i believe it no need can to get out it. please no i i'm i'm on i know it's a completely different kettle of fish but um i am more interested when i get back to look into electric bikes which is more of an achievable platform than electric car in my world but um, I like I like the the clever and practical use of technology, like how like how well, smartphones in in the right the right time and the right place can really enhance our lives and, and what we do, like a like a maps feature for instance or a calendar or something like that. 
but uh, I reckon like the electric bikes and cars can can uh, be a positive. Yeah, well, the electric mountain bikes are really going to. If if you had one, you'd be able to go. Uh, I can't remember what the speed the speed they assist you to isn't that much. At least here in the UK, I'm pretty sure I saw some people booking it on the, on them in Australia. So it might be different out there. But the, the reason that they're useful is because you don't slow down going up a hill. You can just get right. the electric motors yeah. to do the uphill bits, and you do the downhill bits. Yeah. So I'd be interested. I, know, I think they're still a bit um, of an early adopter technology. I think. I think they're still a bit pricey, but we'll see when we get home. Definitely, the last year they've definitely progressed a lot more. Like uh, I think before we left, there were a lot of third party bit rubbish like add-ons to bikes but i think now companies are installing them in-house like giant bikes have got them on them themselves which is pretty interesting so anyway something i'm, I'm looking forward to, to getting into i was um i was going to the uh, the airport the other day uh, this is where i first noticed uh my first ever time i noticed a no vaping sign it was right next to a no smoke sign so it's quite I, i've seen a couple of pop-ups since I, I, I don't know why I suddenly noticed this was a thing, but when um, if I said to you there was a sign there to say no vaping, do you have any thoughts on that? What, what do you think of that? Well, I've heard it. Just funny you said that because I heard it on the train or the plane recently, and they said, hey, vaping is um, going to be like you can't do it in, in the toilets, blah, blah, blah. It'll, it'll set off the smoke alarm just like the cigarette, which I'm not sure if it would or not. It's an interesting thing that they'd tell you that. I'm pretty sure people would – there'd be some people that wouldn't believe it and would give it a crack anyway. But man, is it isn't it popular right now? Like there are complete like where did it come no, from? Exactly. I've, I've actually I'm glad you brought it up because I've been thinking about it a lot as well. Like how like everyone does it, and we're talking like normal people, adults, teenagers, and most importantly, cool people do it. Since when would using a vape machine thing? I'm not sure what even you call it. Like how how did that pass the the weird concept into like oh this is what everyone does vaping is cool man like how how, how did it get allowed <laughs> like it's just such a bizarre thing and i was so glad to see where finally something had just gone no you can't do that because the amount of times i've seen people vaping and they're just like no it's a vape i'm like, like e-cigarettes and people are saying how they're allowed to use them they, and it really turned into a case of no no you can't use them indoors tough like i, I find it like it turns out people don't it's like it better that instead of getting a smoky like your clothes stinking of smoke that like there's a waft of strawberry like that's better but then you think about it a bit too much and it's like that's it's just like smoke like the strawberries come out of their stupid mouth with their like uh, yucky blah 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 i'm not a fan of it like that you don't, so you don't smell it and then go oh yeah that's good strawberry you definitely don't inhale when you smell it you still try and walk past it <laughs> It's a bit weird to think about inhaling someone's smoke like that, but it's definitely um yeah I'm 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 just odd like and this comes from I think the reason I have a gripe with it is because the things that I'd like to say I was ahead of my time, but it's not a case of that at all. It's just a case of me not giving a shit and somehow it becoming a thing. But like all the things that I used to do were definitely not cool or okay when I did them. Things like having a ponytail, having, you know, a ponytail and then shaving the underneath, like man buns, hello, they're like they're a thing now and they're the hip thing to do. Like uh, having a neck beard, definitely not cool. Wearing uh, a bum bag, still not cool, but it's more cooler than it was. <laughs> like, uh, uh, pff, I don't know if that one's ever coming back. <laughs> no, but you'll see some people with it strapped around their, their shoulder. What I'm saying is like I, I don't 
I'm not happy that this is a cool thing when it shouldn't be. Like, how is this allowed? Yes, it's not fair, is it? Why can't it be something that I like to become cool? Exactly. Story of my life. <laughs> no, but what are your thoughts on the vaping? I hate yeah. it. And I, I, it winds me up in a, in a very special way. Special. You know, I'm, not, I'm not quite sure why, <laughs> but it's, I think it's because it's slightly more obvious when um, you're driving past a car and you suddenly see a big cloud come out of it. Uh-huh that somebody's in this vaping. I don't know why it just offends me so much, but for some reason it just does. And I think it's part of it is that sense you get from some people where they kind of, it's not the way it's given across is it's not, as not as bad as smoking. Well, it, it, I don't, I don't know if it is or it isn't, but I still would rather you just didn't breathe in my face. Uh-huh. I, I love it when people are walking in front of you and they turn their face to blow it. And you're like, thanks. You just blew it more effectively in my face. And like this yeah. action that you're doing. Yeah, yeah. I, thanks for acknowledging you don't want it in your face. That's really yeah. nice. Can you just not put it in mine? Yeah. Ah, oh, so stupid, isn't it? Having said all that, I will admit that when I was a kid, my dad and my pop both smoked, smuck, snacked, no, smoked, smoked, and um, I and they stopped when we were kids, I think, because you know we're growing up, and they they had a coming of Jesus moment where they're like, ah, oh, this might not be a good thing, and so they both quit, and I think my dad went. I think cold turkey like i've asked him about it he didn't seem too phased about it but i do remember distinctly as a kid asking my dad like as, as a six-year-old like do you have an empty box do you have an empty box of cigarettes he's like what do you mean he's like i just want to like tuck it into my socks so when i'm riding my push bike around the neighborhood because you know i've just got my my training wheels off i'm like a two-wheel rider like people are gonna think i'm pretty cool because you know you smoke that's cool. I smoke. I'm cool. And I could never understand why he would never give me one of his empty packs of cigarettes. And suddenly it dawns on me years later that he's just being a good father. <laughs> it's, it's just it's just not a good idea to let a child do that. Yeah. So I could imagine I could imagine a, a world where like if you've grown up and the person you look up to does something and you're going to think it's a normal and b something that you you'll probably do like to mimic them. So I can imagine people doing it, but I definitely don't understand it when people haven't grown up around it and then decide to do it. And it's a weird, just a weird, weird topic, really, isn't it? I'm I'm curious to see where it's going to end up. Is because this kind of thing feels like a fad. It's kind of blown up too quickly. As in vaping, and I feel like vaping. Yes, I reckon it's going to as quickly as it's turned up. I reckon it's going to disappear. Okay, it's just. In- but we'll find out. So that's such an interesting word. What does it stand for? Vaporizing. Yeah, you vaporizing the thing or something. I don't, because uh, like when when I don't really remember when it's when people started vaping, but now there's shops everywhere that sell vape stuff. Mm-hmm. Would you say it's like the last, the as last far as year I, or two, right? Yeah, and as far as I can tell, like you can get like different flavors and stuff, and it just seems all a bit weird. Just like it suddenly springs up, like hey, there's this whole new thing that people do. You kind of think there's a bit more going on to it, don't you? Like maybe the chain is started by by something else, someone else. Maybe that. Maybe uh, maybe it's, I don't know. So all you listeners that, that vape, <laughs> get in contact. <laughs> get in contact. Tell us why you, you vape. And, uh, and uh, yeah, well, yeah, I, I would be interested to, to hear from someone who does vape and what they think about it. Mm-hmm. And uh, maybe we'll give you a shout out. <laughs> or maybe we'll blow some... Speaking, of, uh, speaking of fads, yes. though, the trends, I don't... I, I've got, I want to... Exp- just quickly explain to you like a, a feeling that i get sometimes i want to see if you get the same thing where do you ever have the case where you're somebody will um say they've just got into a new hobby and this hobby is something that you've been into for a while yeah 
Do you ever feel like a bit annoyed that suddenly they're doing your thing? I mean, like vaping. Well, let's, for example, just say, uh, I think the mo- most recent one I remember was when somebody, it was like with climbing. Mm-hmm. So when I was, I was trying to get into climbing, I was going, yeah, this is awesome. And then I started seeing how uh, someone else posted on Facebook. So, well, I can't be Facebook because I'm doing it. But somewhere on the internet, someone else posted, oh, just try out climbing. I'm like, no, that's my thing. Right, right. A bit of jealousy. Why, why is it that I suddenly don't want people to, to enjoy the things that I enjoy? Well, I think some of it comes... Do you ever get sometimes that? Sometimes it comes down to like um, being the person to discover it. Like uh, I'd imagine that the reason I liked Frisbee was because yeah, it's something that not many people played. Like the reason I listen to the podcasts I listen to is because I found them. If someone tells me about their favorite podcast, I'll give it a listen. But, you know, it may enter my official list. But uh, if I found it, it's got a much higher chance of being in it. So I think there's something about being the person that thought of it or wanting to do it. I definitely understand that part. So, so do you think that deep down we all just want to be hipsters and be the person that did it first? Oh, absolutely. Except it's just such an interesting term, hipster, isn't it? Like, um, it is. It is. Like basically, I want everything to have been. I did it before it was cool, and then as soon as it gets popular, I don't. And then, I, but I don't know where it's coming from because basically everything that I do, if once I get take a step out from it, I'm happy when more people are doing it because that's great. So when people play, if the only thing I seem to not get it for is frisbee, and I don't quite know why. When something when you get new gets to frisbee, I think that's good. But with all, all everything else I do, I get annoyed when somebody else does it, and I don't, and, it's, and it's a good thing when they do it because it means I have someone else to share that experience with or you know to talk about something with and it's the same with um watching sports when uh somebody's getting into sport and i have and they've i've been watching it for longer than they have then i'll feel like i've put in more effort and i'm more deserving for some reason Uh i get what you're saying do you have any more examples of something that you can think of that um you've had this feeling recently uh so with the sports idea it's like i i would like to have more people to speak to about the sports uh, to talk to about the sports i follow like tennis or um something like that but i find that when somebody else actually does start taking interest i'll find like that they're, they're not trying hard enough or something or just be they're not as invested as you are yeah exactly I just for some reason i feel like i want some acknowledgement for just for paying attention to a sport right like or, or paving the way like i had this i had that way with um when i first came to perth I remember just being at home in management, like so, a few hours south, just downloading videos over the 56k modem, just about kite surfing. And at the time, there's kite surfing, kite boarding, didn't know what it was called, didn't even know if it was a thing. But I, I was downloading videos, just watching how I couldn't wait to go to Perth. And my 18th birthday, I got lessons saved up for them, got a secondhand kit. And I remember being in the Perth beaches and being like, uh, there were so few people that you could see the kite that's out in the ocean and know who it is. You may not have met them, but you know them because they're on the, on the, the forums online and you've, you've recognized their photos or something. So you got, a, there was, maybe one other person on the whole stretch of beach if you're lucky two or three on a super busy day and then as soon as there was dozens or where it was just filled with kites i kind of lost interest and you kind of think oh these people these new kites they've got there they're so safe they're so easy they're so new they're so cheap these days these guys have it easy they didn't have to like find secondhand shit like me they didn't have to like have heaps of lessons they didn't have to to fight their way through and you just kind of get a bit jealous about them like how'd they get to this level without having to have the idea in the first place because i think there is a bit of 
bit of pride in the energy it takes to to get over that hump of of doing something that you don't know anyone else is doing, like researching it, going out on you by yourself, and you kind of feel like someone's someone's jumping in on that wave if they come in a bit later and 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 ride it better than you. If that makes sense. Yeah, even though you've, you're new to this thing, really, and you don't really know what oh, you're yeah, talking exactly. about. Oh, yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I say all that, and I I could never go upwind on my kite. Like, I was completely shit. <laughs> I was definitely not a kite surfer by any stretch of the, of the term, but I enjoyed the shit out of it. We just managed to turn into old men. As soon as as soon as you get something new, you're like, this is my thing, and then someone else come into it. You go, oh, no, you're not as good as I am. Get off my lawn. You can't be Very much. I don't know how that comes about. Did you know that there was a uh, there was a boxing match recently? No, tell me. Oh, uh, uh, between two YouTubers. A boxing match between YouTubers. <laughs> Go on. Oh, if you haven't, if, well, if you haven't heard about it, then we don't need to talk about it. <laughs> Great. Um, KSI and Logan Paul had a boxing match, and it was pay per view on YouTube. No, like I've heard about Logan Paul. I've heard that people aren't generally happy with him, but to be honest, I don't know what he does or. Or how he does it? He's a he's a vlogger, but I don't know how he's still like. Hey, how is he still on YouTube? Because there was a controversy where he posted a video, possibly in poor taste, mm-hmm. where um, he allegedly included uh, was it like a suicide victim or something? Something that was very very iffy about whether he should be allowed in. Not only is he still on YouTube, but YouTube's promoting him. Oh. Well, I think they they going oh. down the any any media is good media. Maybe they are, but it just seems really bizarre that this became a thing. Also, it was it was like announced, uh, it was broadcast on the BBC and stuff, and I was just curious to see if you'd heard about it because it seems like it's the sort of thing where it, YouTube obviously wants to break out and be a bit more of a general platform, and yet no one really seems to know about this apart from the actual fans. Apparently, let me see if I can find some information on it. I'm going to say the YouTube community is pretty large. They're like the diehard you've got not only just the creators, the creators in themselves would be a large number and I'm sure all of them are diehard fans in itself. Oh, and also apparently it went to a draw, which was a bit controversial because it feels fixed. So are the two people, like, are they of generally of boxing nature? Like, are they... I, I don't know. I reckon they probably picked it up. So, yeah, it's between KSI and Logan Paul. Why was this a thing? I can't see if I can find any viewing figures. No, I'm already going bored about this, talking about it. I, it. It was a kind of thing. The reason I wanted to bring it up was just because why is – I don't know how to feel about it. A lot of me doesn't like this because these two people aren't boxers and yet they're getting a lot of attention for doing something completely stupid. And why does it have to be boxing? What's going to happen to you? Like ad revenue – in the webcomic world, ad revenue used to be a big thing. So you used to have a huge archive of strips on your site and each page – had a different comic, and each page had a different ad. And so the more people you had going through your archives meant the more ad impressions, which meant the more ad revenue. And this was good when people, like, quote-unquote, fell for ads and, and, and clicked on things. But as people stopped doing them and had more ad blockers, this advertisers was less appealing for them to submit ads, which meant create like people that had these websites got paid less so something that was a huge income stream for webcomics five years ago is something that doesn't exist at the moment like how long is it going to be till the youtube ads doesn't make money for youtubers because i think it's still a thing at the moment it's still a, a big part of their income source sure uh, well if you're 
a listener of CGP Grey, then you'll know that you should definitely diversify your business platform and not depend on YouTube because YouTube could YouTube could very easily just disappear. <laughs> They're in complete control of any of that. So it's, it's not a great platform to be on, apart from the creators who are at the very, very top. I found it interesting hearing when uh, Rooster Teeth, because they've moved away from YouTube. I, I think there was some time I was looking at their app and they now have a 24-7 channel that's just constantly streaming their stuff is that correct i think they but from what i remember they've got all their stuff on their site on their own platform because they're pitching themselves as like a competitor to netflix and amazon prime and youtube and the likes they kind of just completely disbanded from youtube by the sounds well yeah they're, they're very much done to not be on there i mean well, i said not be on there they don't want to depend on youtube mm-hmm. obviously it's a very good platform for reaching new reaching new consumers but it's it's not it's just you are so out of control mm. so what you're saying is we should get into a boxing match you reckon that'll bring in the bring in the viewers well look who do you think would win you or me definitely not me <laughs> oh, i don't know you reckon? I, I, I don't know if i know enough about boxing to actually know how to be good at yeah, it you're taller than me i'm pretty sure you could get in a few sneaky ones like yeah i don't think i don't think i'd have the power behind anything like I like how we're both being honest. Like, no, you would beat me. No, you would smash me. No, you would obliterate me. I believe you. So you're saying it would be the worst kind of build-up because we can't actually shout each other. Just like, oh, you're too nice. And once someone gets amped up, we're just there going, ah, I don't feel like it. I'd water load. I'd just drink lots. So I'm in a different weight bracket. (laughs) You got this this weight thing completely the wrong way around. (laughs) Should we, um, I I know last episode we mentioned um, a bit of homework which we've talked about before. Do we want to see if that comes up on, on the last episode or should we talk about it quickly? I'll leave it for now. Do, do, you, want, do you want to talk about it? I, I, I watched it quite a long time ago now, so I can't remember it. I can't it that remember well. it either. <laughs> we'll, uh, should we bring it up next time? Or shall we just leave it as a recommendation? Yeah, we'll see how, where it disappears. Yeah. Thanks, Mr. Editor, for cutting that out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely get rid of that. Cool. Is there, is there anything else you wanted to uh, talk about? Oh, there was actually, uh, actually, yeah. We've only got five minutes. Let's see if we can squeeze it in. I just um, just downloaded, because my phone has shut itself again, I'm using my iPad for stuff, and part of it I wanted to do what to do with my podcast, and I decided to look into Overcast, and it's a bloody good app. Do you, it is, I remember listening to an uh, to an ep- podcast episode about the creator, and that's why I kind of liked it. I really liked the way he talked about how he because he's the only developer on it, and he talks just the way he's, his work ethic is like he, as opposed to everyone that crams in everything in their days, kind of like yeah, you know, I work hard during the morning, but then when the kids come home at three o'clock, I kind of uh, just uh, stop because <laughs> I don't really get anything done. But his, I, I like his business models. Like he's got. Uh, He's running his own in-house ads on his own app in the different categories. So if you've got a, a podcast, you can pay to have it on certain things. Like that's extremely clever. That's not being done in any other app. I like how you can it's, – it's accessible in a web browser. So I haven't tested it yet, but I presume I can log into it on my mobile and, and stream it instead of downloading it. So it kind of syncs to, to your to its web app version of the app which is pretty cool. What else did it have? It had, um, it's, oh, I didn't think this was a thing you could do. It's your playlist. 
you can order in order of uh, priority. So if a new episode comes in and it's like your favorite episode, it goes to the top. That I haven't had in a client before. Like just really cool features. That's, it's a useful situation, isn't it? Yeah. Do you have any other features? It's a useful like? tool because you can have a yeah. You can have like set, set a couple of pro- app uh, podcasts saying these are the ones I want to listen to as soon as they turn up, and the rest I'll get around to. Yeah. Like uh, it's just and also I mean I was a huge huge um, ambassador for Podcast Addict on on Android. Loved it and it did everything I needed to do. It's got so many settings and I'd recommend anyone on Android to to use Podcast Addict, but this is like the complete opposite. In fact, there's like zero settings or, or minimal settings, but turns out you don't actually need any of those crazy settings. Like everything works. This is very minimal and does everything you need it to do. It's crazy. Also for the, uh, the hardcore podcast junkies, Steve, those, it's got quite a few settings for, um, well, I say it's got, it's quite a few, it's got a very good smart speed feature, which will cut out any gaps in a podcast. So if you're listening to a very talky podcast where there's lots of gaps between the dialogue, it, it dynamically cuts them out and speeds them up. And depending on the podcast, it's it, some of my podcasts, it speeds up by about 1.3%. Mm-hmm. And you don't even notice. And, and it combines those two as two separate things that work together. Like, A, you can increase the speed of, of the voice and then also cut out the thing. So it vi- automatically varies the speed at which it's progressed. Like sometimes it could be 1.2 times 1.3, 1.4. It's adjusting kind of like the, the electric car, like smartly to play the episode as optimally as possible. Like it's, it's genius. It's great, and and uh, yeah, you should definitely. Say, I, just, I mean, I'm glad that you've moved on to it because now you've seen the light. I've been using it for years. Yeah, the only downside is now that, like, uh, when I used to have, you know, I like it's become my sleeping pill. Like, when if I can't sleep, I'll just listen to podcasts and put it on a timer, and I'll probably fall asleep by the time the timer runs out. And the problem is, there used to be a phone next to my bed. Now it's a bloody iPad, and it's humongous, <laughs> taking up so much space. It <laughs> just turns on and wakes up the entire room. But um, no. Big big plug. We'll uh, put that in the show notes. Sure. All right. I think we should. Uh, I think we should wrap this up because uh, we've got we've got a special surprise for uh, so, after we so, finish, haven't so we? Glad coach? you remembered because I didn't. <laughs> Jesus Christ! We've been wanting to do this for episodes, which means in like real world time is months that we haven't. Done. I think this actually might this this idea might be approaching a year now. I'm really sorry, Scott, because like I mentioned, I got, I got his permission. Like, ask for a, the sound file of this. So we're going to play a song of um, Scott Devonish. You may have, may have heard him on uh, on an episode. We'll have to uh, get there. He's been on a couple of times. He's been a guest. Hopefully we'll have him on again soon at some oh, point. Oh, yeah, actually. We'll try. If we ever work out how to do something we, like that. With this software, we can easily add guests. That would be very interesting. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so we'll, uh, we, we've got actually a song of his that we'll, we're going to play at the end, which is pretty cool. Uh, we've got the name there. It's called Ballroom by the Bay. Well, that's the one you got. Yep, Born by the Bay. So, so uh, yeah, listen to that out for uh, after yeah, the credits, and uh, we will. Yep, we will catch you another time, I guess. That's it. Hopefully, sometime soon. But uh, thanks, Scott, for the music, and um, thanks for listening, everyone. And uh, what should uh, what should everyone do after they've uh, finished listening to the uh, the podcast? Well, after Coach. they've listened to the podcast and after they've listened to the music, they're going to visit. No, no, no. They should listen to the music. That's yes. the, they should listen to the song. That's what they should do after listening to the podcast. <laughs> they're going to head to yeah, head to facebook.com forward slash scott devonish music and uh give his page a like also soundcloud.com slash uh scott devonish music and if i got any of those wrong yeah you'll see them in the show notes and as always go to uh, www.puppiesandwatermelon.com for uh, more information on the show and uh 
if you feel like it just uh, drop us a message we'd love to hear from you for sure cool alright I'll, uh, I'll catch you around next time coach I'll see you then I'll see you another time whoop, whoop. Can dance until the 